Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. When it comes to your thought life, you have to do it. You have to manage your thoughts. You have to be disciplined in that area. Uh, Lest we forget, Christianity is called a discipline. That's why we are called disciples. If you're following Jesus, you made a decision to be a disciplined follower of his. Now you ask, where does that discipline come in? Well, like any discipline and anybody that you're following in a discipline, I, I did karate for a stupid season of my life when I was going to college uh, way back in the day. And, and whatever that instructor said, if you're following his discipline, you had to do it or you don't get the results. A lot of people I know at the gym where I attend, uh, they have personal trainers, PTs, and, and uh, talking with one of those PTs, he was really frustrated, in fact, so frustrated that he's gone and done something else. He's not doing personal training anymore. And, and he gets so frustrated, I'd say, hey, man, how you going? And he'd go, not really good. And I'd go, why? Like, you're busy. He always had somebody who was training. He says, they just don't do what I tell them to do. And, and they won't go home, and they won't do the other parts of the discipline. See, you can't do it for the other person in life, they have to do it for themselves. If you're here right now or, or watching online, the, the good news is you can get results from following Jesus, but you got to follow Jesus. You have to do what he says. And so this series that we're doing called Mind Your Own, it very much is you got to own it, you got to mind it. You have been given the opportunity to operate the most sophisticated piece of equipment on the planet. Now, I would love to drive a Ferrari. I never have. I'd love to get behind the wheel of a Lamborghini uh, or a Bugatti or some of those fantastic cars. I'd even like to drive a Porsche. Like, it'd be cool. Maybe you do. But there comes uh, a lot of responsibility if you're given the opportunity to own one or to drive one. You've got to look after that. That's why right now, if uh, I could get into a military base and say, I, I just want to jump in the cockpit of one of those F-35s or whatever, whatever they're up to, you know, one of those Raptors, like, they wouldn't let me near the thing. And if they did by chance, they'd say, just don't touch anything. I mean, the thing's worth, you know, 30 million or 100 million, whatever it is, like, they're not going to let some fool get in the cockpit of that thing and just start pushing buttons and playing with it. Uh, and, and, but you've got something far more sophisticated, far more valuable than that, and it's called your mind. How well do you treat it? How well do you look after what's in your cranium? How are you managing your thought life? A while back, I was cycling, and uh, I'm a, I, I was cycling to, to the office here from Kiwana, and I got about halfway and I thought to myself, this just feels so good today. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm, in, I'm just feeling like this is the best ride I've, I've had. And then it dawned on me I wasn't wearing my helmet. <laughs> now, here in Australia, it's, it's the law. You have to wear a helmet if you're cycling, if they 
see you without a helmet, they're going to pull you over. You have to wear a seatbelt here. There's just certain things that you have to do that they've enacted legislation on. You can't uh, be texting on your phone while you're driving. There's just certain laws uh, that are for protection. And I realize I'm halfway, so if I turn around and go back uh, home to get the helmet, it's going to take me just as long to get back as it was. So I thought, I was going to keep going. And it felt really good. And I'm watching the whole time thinking I'll just stay on the footpath, you know, and hopefully I won't get pulled over for not wearing a helmet. And I didn't. When I finally got home, I put the bike away, and I looked, and sitting there was my helmet. I picked it up, and I, I noticed something about the helmet that I hadn't noticed in a long, long time, and that is that it had a big gash in it. And then I remembered why you wear a helmet, because I came off my bike uh, several years ago, still had that helmet, and uh, really I shattered my elbow and I hit my head and I thought, wow, if it wasn't for that helmet, that would have been a gash in my head and who knows where I would have ended up. I remember kind of being concussed through the whole thing. And I was so thankful for my helmet. My helmet wasn't there just as a fashion statement. In fact, I don't look that cool in my helmet. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's like, oh, this thing makes me look really stupid. Uh, I'd rather not wear it. But it's not a fashion statement. Helmets protect heads. Heads are worth far more than helmets are. And it says in Ephesians chapter 6, and you can uh, throw that up, it says this. It says, take the helmet of salvation <laughs> and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God is actually giving you a helmet. He is saying to you, hey, put this on your head. Let this protect your mind. And he actually names that helmet salvation. This is going to save you. Now think about this for a moment. No pun intended in that. But a helmet is there to protect one thing mainly, God's helmet, and that is your thought life. See, thoughts are incredibly powerful. But that power can go in either direction. You can have a thought that's so powerful that it will transform your life. I've had thoughts that were so powerful that my whole life literally was changed over one thought that God gave me. And I know that to start this church came with a thought. It came during a prayer time and a thought, and that thought wouldn't go away. And I knew that that thought, when it dropped down into my heart, from my mind down into my heart, was going to change my life, was going to change Gail's life, our whole future. If you're here this morning or watching online, perhaps that one thought that resulted in all of this, maybe that changed your life as well. Maybe you're here, maybe you're following Jesus because there's a church that you attended, you happen to pass by, heard some music, or watched us online, decided to attend, or, or watch regularly, and, and something about your life now is different. Where did all of that start? It started with a thought. But on the flip side of that, thoughts can also be incredibly destructive. Just one thought <laughs> can be very powerfully destructive and wreck your life just as much as it can change your life on the upside. If 
Plots cost something if you're not careful, if you don't have your helmet on. Plots cost something called worry. Worry, somebody said once, they said, worry is the interest, like, you know, interest that you get in a bank uh, from an investment. Worry is the interest that you get on trouble that never happens. I think back about last year at this time, what was I worried about? Now, I know the virus and all of that, but I really wasn't that worried about that. I was worried about something else. But, you know, I have to scratch my head and think, what was it last year at this time that consumed my thought life? What destructive thoughts were trying to get into my head to cause me seriously to self-destruct? What thoughts are in your head rolling around right now that quite seriously, about a year from now, you'll probably do like me, scratch your head and go, what was it again? I forget. And that's the way life is. Thoughts can cause torment. They can cause worry. They're, they're, they, they have an assignment. Thoughts aren't just randomly out there. Thoughts actually have an assignment. In fact, uh, in that very passage that we read in Ephesians, we won't go there, but uh, talks about holding up a shield uh, of faith whereby you can quench every fiery dart from the wicked one. Those fiery darts are thoughts. And often they associate themselves or they attach themselves with pain. You get a pain. Oh, maybe, it's, maybe it's my heart. I read that somebody died of a heart attack last week. Maybe, uh, or maybe it's cancer. Ah! You know, chances are you don't have it. That thought didn't give it to you, but maybe it will if you grab a hold of it. Thoughts of, oh, the economy, the economy's crashing, the world's crashing, everything's crashing, all the, you know. Those thoughts have an assignment. Don't make any mistake about it. They are fiery darts that are meant to penetrate your thinking and get your thinking totally off mark and get you into worry mode so that that worry then can have a very, very profound and a real physiological effect on you. That's what it's all designed to do. That's why it's so important in this series, Mind Your Own. Nobody can do it for you. You have to manage your thoughts yourself. Now, I'm very thankful that God doesn't leave us without a thought manual, without a book of thoughts, without a measure that we can look at, bounce it off of, and go, okay, that's the way I should be thinking. This is the way I am thinking. Therefore, we've got some work to do here. You think about that for a moment, but back to the gym or exercise example, uh, I look in the mirror and I go, man, this isn't looking real sweet. Uh, I want to look like that. And maybe that looks like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and his heyday women. Uh, never mind. <laughs> you guys are sleeping. My jokes are really bad, one of the two. <laughs> oh, that got a laugh. <laughs> it, was the, it was the second, wasn't it? Okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I hear that. <laughs> Silence is golden. <laughs> but you look in the mirror and you go, oh. And then you turn on daytime TV because you're, as you munch your Doritos, wonder why you've got a weight problem. <laughs> Or you're, you know, it's 3 a.m. and on comes that, 
Dano's direct or whatever it is ad that you can get this, but today we're going to give you two for the price of one. And we're going to throw in a meat chopper, blender, a cow, a farm, the government. We're going to throw it all in today. We're going to give you two of these. If you just push that button, there's the number. There it is. Or you go online and get this thing right now. More Doritos. Maybe it's an exercise machine. You're going to lose all this weight. But if you don't get up off the couch, if you don't get to bed and get yourself up, I was going to say sorry, self, but if you don't get yourself up in the morning and do something about it, nothing's going to change. Now, there are stages when it comes to the assignment of a thought. And the first stage is infection. You're not going to be infected, however, unless you are affected of it, with it. Until that thing enters into your brain, it's not really going to hurt you. There's thoughts swirling around your life all the time. In fact, most of them, your thumbs are actually picking up on these thoughts. And I would say the best thing you can do is some kind of social distancing. I would call it social media distancing, to be quite honest. Ah! <laughs> oh, what, I need this information. Why? What are you going to do about it, really? What, what, what are you really going to do to change the whole world? But you can't. But you can change your world. You can change. Maybe you can walk across to the person next door and give them a hand. Maybe you can be nice to somebody, even attend church and encourage somebody. Say, hey, you're looking good today. Hey, you can do it. Hey, I'm praying for you, just so you know. Maybe you can't change what's going on in another country far, far away, but you can certainly change what's going on in your life. But to do that, guess what has to change? Hello? <laughs> you can put your hands on your head and go, this is what needs to change the most. It's right here between my ears or my eyes, somewhere behind my eyes, is this incredible machine, this incredible piece of equipment that God blessed me with. Now I understand there are people that have some major issues, and uh, I've got a lot of mercy and a lot of compassion for you. If you're dealing with uh, mental illness of any kind at all, look, seriously, this is a safe place for you. We, we're, this church is for you. We're a church of mercy and compassion, not stone throwing. We've all got issues, every one of us. We don't make fun of that. We don't make light of that. But we are here to encourage wherever you're at, whatever car you've been dealt, so to speak, we are here to encourage you that wherever you're at, you can start to see some healing in that area, you can start to think differently because of the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you and because of the Word of God. It does work. I'm a testimony of that. I know others are. We had a prayer meeting this morning, and one of our elderly gentlemen that uh, you know, was saved uh, later in life, uh, a hard businessman, and he just can't help but to say, thank you, God, for Kind of like that song, Amazing Grace, that saved a wretch like me. And, and, and all of us needed saving. And thank God 
that he says, take the helmet of salvation. Here is my helmet. Here is my way of thinking. Here is a, a protection over your brain. Put it on. Yeah. Oh, but it feels so good not to wear it. I know. I'm cycling the work. The, the wind's blowing through my hair. <laughs> I can hear better. I'm thinking, freedom! See, some of us think that we're free because we're thinking all these stupid thoughts. But you don't realize you're not free at all. All that's going in there, guess what it's causing? Confusion, anger, uh, all, all kinds of things that aren't mentioned as fruit of the Spirit. It's really, 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 really <laughs> important. Oh, we want to blame the devil. Yeah, the devil. <laughs> well, the devil's pretty good at what he does. He gives you thoughts. He's a good salesman. I got to hand it to him. He's the best at what he does, seriously. He's had a lot of time to study human beings. He knows what buttons to push on you, and he pushes them. He knows what thoughts to send your way, and he sends them. But you don't have to take it. Elvis, why don't we learn from Elvis? Elvis said this. Should I do my Elvis? Hang on, hang on. I return the sender. Address unknown. <laughs> no one home, anyway. <laughs> no one home. Return the sender. Address unknown. I'm not taking it. <laughs> you can send it my way, <laughs> but I'm not signing for it, Mr. Postman. <laughs> you can just take your thought and go to hell with it. Seriously. Well, that's where he's going. Well, am I right? Did you read the book or not? There's a hell. That's where he's going. That's his home. That's where those thoughts belong. They don't belong here. They don't belong here. And if, if he can get them into there, he can get them into here. And they are soul-destroying. They will eat you and rot you out. They will wreck your relationships. Many of you have got relationship problems, and you wonder why. Probably something to do with right here. And that is what motivates this to speak. Notice that he gave us a helmet of salvation. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What are you speaking about with your thumbs? What are you talking about with your mouth? Is it something to do with the Spirit of God? Does it line up with the B-I-B-L-E, which I was taught in Sunday school, the Bible? Or is it the mindset of this world, this world's thinking, and you've let that into your life, and your life is not going really good right now, and you wonder why, oh, the devil! No, it's probably not, seriously. You need to follow Jesus and be disciplined in your life or you're not going anywhere. Now, there are so many scriptures, and I'm going to give you just a few. We're going to look at this. Uh, and I want all of us, and I'm talking about all of us online, everybody else, 
to go home, seriously, take, have a takeaway with this message. Don't just, oh, that was a good message, kind of challenging, and forget about it. Go back to Doritos, the couch, and the television set. Uh, you, you really got to do something about it. I, I get like that frustrated personal trainer, to be honest, as a pastor. It's like, if I don't see people doing some of this stuff, I think, what, why am I bothering? What's the point? And a lot of people have reached that conclusion. There's, you know, you don't need to go to church. What's the point? Blah, blah, blah. The point is, it's, it's worthless if you don't change. If we don't appropriate this, then it's just worthless. We need to hear his voice and enjoy his presence. But here's what worry does. Worry causes complaining and murmuring instead of giving thanks. So the quickest way, whether you know you're infected with the virus, and I'm not talking about the COVID virus, I'm talking about the virus of thoughts that don't belong in that expensive piece of equipment between your ears, the way that you know whether that has not just affected you, but you are infected with it, is you're no longer giving thanks for things you're whinging and complaining about everything. Worry will rob you of the ability to see God's greatness and love that's actually at work all around you, but you can't see it anymore. Matthew says this, or Jesus says this. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. These soul-destroying thoughts, they're like pollution. They, they, They wreck the purity of your heart that you were given at salvation when you asked Jesus Christ into your heart. He gave you a brand new heart. Now you're cluttering it up with every bad, stupid, destructive, problematic thought that's swirling around. You've left that in your brain. You're thinking about that instead of what you should be thinking about and wondering why you don't have any joy, why relationships have headed south, why, 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 problem, 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 the problem is in your head and only you can fix that blessed are the pure in heart so how can you see God if your heart's full of negative destruction and imaginations it says in Proverbs 23 7 it says as you think in your heart so are you as he thinks in his heart that's how he is so is he or she so worry robs you of peace. Worry will, will cause you to have mental and emotional fatigue. It'll cause nervousness and, and, and tension and, and breakdowns and, and bondages and, and headaches and, and ulcers and insomnia. Should I go on? Skin rashes, high blood pressure. We could go on. Oh, in the world, I'm talking about the businesses of this world, are making a fortune out of your worry, through alcohol, through prescription drugs and illegal drugs, through binging on TV series after TV series, because you're looking for an escape from what you've let into your brain and looking to blame the devil and everybody else in your life. When the problem, my out-of-shape Dorito eater on the couch, watching Dano's Direct. You know, you can buy that exercise machine. We've had a few in our house. (laughs) They just take up room. Can we move this out of here now and put it there? And the garage is where it ends up. Then it ends up in a garage sale. 
good intentions. Good intentions will get you nowhere. You have to follow up with that. So people, society has turned, and they've turned to, let's just get drunk and forget about it. I was watching this guy that uh, was driving erratically this morning, and uh, I, I'm pretty big on my driving. I, I'm like, no, get out down, down under here. Get out of the right lane if you're not going to go the speed limit. If you're going to go 60 and 100, get, get out. That's 100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Just move over. So I'm doing the right thing, and here's this guy. You know, up and down, and down, and he moves over, and uh, he's got this little car, and then he slows down to like in 100. He's, he's in the other lane. I'm watching. He slows right down to about 60. And I, I do look in my rear, rear view mirror, sometimes for safety, sometimes just to see what is this up to. <laughs> and everybody's backed up behind him. Then they try to get around. He speeds up. I thought, oh, this is kind of like his sport. And I said to Gail, you know, he just looked miserable, this poor fellow. I thought he was probably partying his eyes out last night, doing everything to fulfill his flesh that he could possibly do, but his problem didn't go away with his method of escapism. You can snort, drink, smoke, watch it, do it, whatever you're going to do, but it's going to be waiting for you the next morning with the headache. Hello, I'm back, and start the whole thing all over again. I know, I did it. Don't look at me, pious, because most of you did too. I know your, your testimonies. <laughs> Where did it all start? Worry, stress. Where did that start? Thoughts that you took. They had an assignment. It was you. It was to destroy your life. I guess my question to you, are you going to let it? Are you going to take it? Jesus says, take no thought. Take the helmet instead. Don't, don't take the thought. Take the helmet. Put the helmet on, for goodness sakes. Do something. I've had enough. I'm not going to take any more. Popeye That's where he went for the spinach. Getting beat up is not fun. I've had enough. And I've, I've taken enough, and I ain't steaks no more. Da -da -da -da. You know, spinach. Did you have Popeye over here? Yeah. You grew up with Popeye good. Okay. So many people. No, I won't be singing that song. <laughs> See, I believe that you worry way too much <laughs> about our prophet. You worry about what they say about you. You worry about what people say. You worry what you look like, whereas most people really don't care that much. You're so worried about the current thing, whatever's going on in the world. It's always going on. Always. You just don't always see it. And you probably think way too much about what other people think. But we do, we do one thing really poorly. We don't think enough or care enough about what God thinks and what God cares about. And God really cares about you. He really does care about you. 
Well, 1 Corinthians, I'll give you a few scriptures here because I think it's important you have a bit of a takeaway. 1 Corinthians 2.16, listen to this. For <laughs> who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Question mark. I don't. But we have the mind of Christ. Well, do you realize what Paul just wrote there? What was just dropped into your lap or hopefully into your head right there? You are not out there in the wilderness somewhere with no help having to think these stupid thoughts that are going around with fear and all the rest of it. You are not left out there with nothing to grab onto. Paul says this, you have the mind of Christ. How big is that? How good is that? My friend, that is the biggest takeaway that you could ever get right there. The mind of Christ, he thought of every animal, every species, every beach, every mountain, every good thing, every tree, every fruit, everything that's good on the planet. He thought it all, it all came out of his head. And he says, now I am giving you not just a helmet to protect your head, but I'm giving you my thinking. Oh, man, what are you thinking on? There's two questions that I believe all of us need to ask when we become a follower of Jesus Christ. Number one, what am I supposed to believe? And the answer to that is when you know who to believe in, you'll know what to believe. He says all things are possible to the person who believes. Be a believer, not a doubter. He, 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 he says, follow me, believe in me. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. That's why we're called believers. It, it's pretty clear what to believe. But then the next question, second question that most of us probably don't answer that well, is what should I think? How should I think? When you know who to believe and what to believe, it becomes really clear how you should think. To have the mind of Christ but not use that mind. To not tap into his thoughts. To just leave it sitting on a bookshelf somewhere collecting dust. Never crack it open. Never read what the thoughts are that God thinks. Never read how you are to think. Then you'll never know what to believe. You'll believe anything. What does God want me to believe in? How does God want me to think? And to know how to think, you need to know how God thinks. If it's Jesus, you think like Jesus. If it's society, you'll think like society. Have you ever been caught in a conversation or you were privy, maybe at a party or in a room, maybe it's a gathering of relatives, and, and they're having a conversation, you kind of hear the, you hear different words popping up. You kind of know what they're talking about. And you think to yourself, <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Anybody been there? Yeah. And then somebody notices you kind of standing there with your drink or whatever. 
and they wheel around, they go, what do you think? Oh, oh, you don't. You don't want to. You, you. But the truth is, they don't really care about what you think. They already know what they think, and they've made up their mind about it. And they're not really interested in what you think anyway. They just want to invite you into a useless conversation that's not going to go anywhere because it's people that have already made up their mind. The Bible calls that a mindset. We talked about that last week. But do not, uh, Romans 12, do not be conformed to the thoughts of this world, the pattern, rather, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test or, or to know what's pleasing and what the perfect will of God is. You can test drive that thing. When, 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 the, when the pattern's right, when the instruction is right, you can do that. But so many people have got mindsets. Do you understand? Their, their mind is already made up. It is concrete. It is The pattern is established, their thinking pattern. Even if it goes against the word of God, it doesn't really matter to them. They've made up their mind. And sometimes they'll tell you that if you do enter into that conversation. <laughs> and again, that could be on, with your thumbs. A lot of those going, ah, what do you think? I don't think about that, to be honest, because you've already made up your mind. There's no point. You're wasting your time. Don't waste your time and don't let the thought into your head. Just get on with life. <laughs> do you understand that? Move on. There are certain conversations that God will not enter. And if God won't enter that conversation, guess what? I'm not going there either. Do you know that God won't enter a conversation of gossip? Who's a group of people? What are they talking about? Talking about somebody that you know. Having a little roast somebody for dinner, lunch, dinner, breakfast. And you hear it. And you know. You can go over and you can enter that conversation if you want to, but God's not going with you. Do you understand that? God doesn't do that. So my invitation to you is don't go if God's not going. Don't answer the call. <laughs> and so it's like, no, thank you. You can carry on if you want to, but, you know, God's not there. God doesn't enter conversations where the conversation is bagging his bride, mm -hmm. criticizing the church. It's his bride. It's his body. What are you doing? He's not going to enter. What do you think, Pastor? I think I'd be going right now. Thank you. Oh, there's a whole lot of conversations that God's not only not interested in, he's not going there. God's not into worry. You can worry if you want, but he's not going to join you in that. You'll have to take the mind of Christ out of the equation. And you'll be getting rid of your helmet of salvation too. In other words, it's going to feel really good as the wind's blowing through your hair. <laughs> Who something about this day? Man, is this a good day. You're not protecting the thing that matters the most. You've left, left your mind unprotected. What are you doing? But it feels good. Freedom! Get ready. 
Get ready. That's all I got to say. If God's not in it, you don't want to be in it either. My advice to you is quit. Stop it. Avoid it. Get out of it. Don't play along with it. Don't let it in and don't become part of it. If God's not in it, I don't want to be in it. So what should we be thinking about? Obviously, to have the mind of Christ is an incredible privilege. And to make up your mind against the mind of God or the mind of Christ is probably the, the biggest mistake because you're in a rut, you're in a holding pattern. You need to get out of it. And that's what this morning, in fact, this series is about. So the question is, are you conforming or are you transforming? These conversations that you shouldn't be entered into, the Bible says they are enmity or you are an enemy of God. Romans 8, 7 says this, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Oh, God delivered me from the law. No, he didn't, friend. David said, oh, man, I love your law. Jesus said, not one dot, comma, tittle, cross will, par will, will fall from the law until all of it is fulfilled. The law is beautiful. It's there to protect. God doesn't enter unbelief. He doesn't enter complaining. He doesn't enter gossip. He doesn't enter worry. You've got to leave that somewhere outside of your life. Colossians 3. So what should we think of? We're going to close in a moment. But Colossians 3, look at this, 1 and 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. There is a mindset. You are to have a, a mind that's in conformity with God. There is a pattern of thinking that God wants you to have. There is a mindset, but it's not the pattern of this world. Don't be conformed to that mindset. Be transformed. Set your mind on things above, not on the earth. I don't spend a lot of time thinking and worrying about all the stuff that's gone on since day one, since I was born, to be honest. <laughs> it's just continuous. If I can do something about something, I do it. If I can't, I leave it. I pray about it, and I just leave it alone. I've been studying a little bit lately, uh, and I don't know where it's going to take me. I shared a bit with Gail, but on... Uh, Einstein's law of special relativity, you know, E equals MC squared. And, and originally, it was uh, E stands for energy equals uh, M, which is mass or matter times the speed of light squared, which is speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. That squared is, is fast. That's really fast. That's the mind of Christ. Whew. Light, squared, whew, times itself. 186,000 miles a second times 186 miles a second. Like, whoa, that's jamming, man. That is, that's faster than a Lamborghini. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but originally, it was, uh, it was mass equals energy over the speed of light squared. That's what Einstein came up with originally. And I began to think about 
a world without mass or matter. Because you can take that out of the equation. And, and, and before the Big Bang or before God created everything in the material world, there was energy and light. And when we leave, guess what? There's going to be energy and light. I don't think the matter is going to be there because he had to slow things down to get the matter to exist. This is slow. Time is really slow. In God's world, his thoughts are so far above. This material world that we're thinking about as if this is the only thing, this, this ball with all the suffering and all the junk that's going on, this is the whole ball of wax. Fred, it's not. It's here so that you can do something in, in your part of it. Just do something. Be nice to somebody. Bake a meal for somebody that's grieving. I can't hardly get church people to help other church people if they're so worried about the rest of the world. Why don't you just worry about your own backyard, for goodness sakes? Oh, we should be. Don't tell me what I should be doing. Just do it. Do the meal thing. Do the prayer thing. Walk across. Do something. I don't know. Just do something. Because God's given you opportunity after opportunity in the space called time. Who has known the mind of Christ? You have it. Who can bring eternal life into a temporal world? He can through you. Make God your go-to. Everybody's got a go-to. Everybody's got something that they go to. Make God the go-to in your life. Think about him first. Think about his priority first. Philippians 4, we're going to close out. Uh, I'd like the worship team to come back up. Thank you. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 7, and 8. What should I be thinking about, Pastor Ed? I'm glad you asked. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Are you getting that? And will we'll guard your heart and your minds with Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, brothers and sisters, here's what you need to think about. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. How good is that? Are what you think about your thought life, what's in your head right now, is it noble and true and right and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy? If it isn't, stop thinking about it. Quit letting it into your head. Get it out of your head. Get your thought life lined up with his thought life because he says, I've given you my mind. You have the mind of Christ. This is what I want you to think about. Oh, you won't be popping pills, stressed, all the stuff that's going on. If you grab a hold of the mind of Christ, his thought life, then your whole life changes. I'm going to tell you how your life changes. We're going to close with this scripture. This is a good one. It's Isaiah 55. Listen to this, verse 7. Man. Let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous. Look what they're supposed to forsake. Their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And our God, for he will freely pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts 
Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. That's the solution to this world. So my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Just like the fiery darts of the wicked one are on assignment to destroy your soul, God has a word for you that is designed to bless your life, to cause seed to grow, and for bread for the eater so that you can be a, a rich blessing. It will not return empty it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it oh and here's the result oh that I long for this to be the testimony of all of us that are here and everybody watching online why why do we do this why do we preach God's word to get God's thoughts into you why so that you can have this kind of life you will go verse 12 you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper whatever that means and instead of briars and myrtle will grow this will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Are the trees, are the fields clapping their hands? Are the, are the mountains rejoicing in your life? If not, you can do something about it. I can't do it for you. You can do something about it. So I'm going to ask all of us to pray right now. And look, if you're watching online, I invite you in to life itself, the most exciting journey that you can be on right now, starting today. And it all starts with a decision. And then it's followed up with discipline. So I encourage you, we're going to pray a prayer, and you'll have an opportunity, and so many people have, and they're letting us know that they're pray, praying these prayers, asking Jesus in. So I'm going to ask you, are you saved? Do you have eternal life? Do you know him? Maybe you've been away. I don't know. Either way, you can come back. Secondly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, why not make that decision again to keep following Jesus? This is not a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's a continual decision to keep following him. It starts with one decision to ask him into your heart, but then it results in a disciplined lifestyle in your thinking. So I'm going to invite you right now to be part of this prayer. Just say this after me. Jesus, I give you my heart. I pray this. Dear God, I ask you to forgive me for any thoughts that have got into my thinking that aren't pure, noble, true, of a good report, forgive me. Help me to be disciplined, to think as you think, 
I have the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we'll say goodbye to our online audience. God bless you guys. You're awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Please do subscribe and share the messages so somebody else can, can get helped. If they helped you, help somebody else. And uh, next week, we'll pick it up with part three. Mind your own, because nobody else is going to do it for you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.